I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't and welcome to Mom Can't Cook, a DCOM podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Westaway, and I'm joined by... It's me, Andy. It's only bloody me. Only Andy bloody Farrant. Andy Farrant. An enjoyer Hi. of Disney Channel original movies. Here, signing in. <laughs> that sounds like such a diss, the way you put it like that. Oh, he's a DCOM enjoyer. He's an enjoyer of DCOMs. Yeah, you're at a wedding, and all the aunts are whispering in hushed tones. <laughs> there, there he is, the DCOM enjoyer. I don't know, I think he looks rather nice. But bite your tongue, Emily. He's an enjoyer of decoms. Haven't you heard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loves them, he does. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> I'm imagining someone in a sort of red military, like a marine <laughs> uniform. Just being yeah. like, yeah, it's dreadful sort. He used to well, say all sorts of things about him and decoms when we were yes. over there in India. Yes. No, lovely, lovely chap to look at him, you'd think, wouldn't you? Think, but, yes. uh, he has certain proclivities. <laughs> I'm talking about decoms. Well, today, my proclivity is <laughs> Johnny Tsunami. In Hawaii, Johnny was a champion in the water. Now, he's up to his trunks in snow. Where do you want to fit in around here? I just want to learn how to ride. I guess they didn't tell you the rules. You're not supposed to be on this run. To fit in, Johnny's going to have to shred the rules and surf the mountain. Just you and me. Go big, I'll go home. Watch Johnny Tsunami, a Disney Channel original movie made just for you. Monday at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. Wow, how to sum this one up, Andy? Sports decoms are a whole genre of decoms. And often they're about a an unlikely person to be good at a sport who is then good at a sport. Uh, in this one, we have young Johnny Capahala. He is a, uh, a young Hawaiian who is very good at surfing. And then his family uproots him, moves him to Vermont, where there is no surf. There's a lot of snow. And he takes up the mantle of a snowboarder and is good at that also. He's good at it almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then the film ends. <laughs> He's good at basically everything. He's, um, man, I wish I was friends with Johnny Capahalo in real life. But we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. I would I'm say as well, legend. I feel like this is a, uh, it, you know, it's a fish out of water sports movie. How will Johnny fare in Vermont? But I would also say that uh, I feel like Johnny Tsunami is a story about so much more than that. It's about privilege it's about fatherhood it's about brotherhood yes brotherhood it's about the greatest decom character of all time johnny tsunami johnny tsunami who is not johnny kapahala no well we should get into it so let's let's start by talking about johnny's life in hawaii god it's so good he's got it so sweet he's a surfing champion his granddad is the coolest man in all of Hawaii, Johnny Tsunami, the f- the former surfing champion and saver of wrecked f- boats. Do you for sure want to limit that to all of Hawaii? I think he might be the best, the coolest, the coolest man, man in the world, in the entire world. I'm struggling to yeah. think how you could be cooler than Johnny's granddad. Johnny Tsunami. Jo- yeah, yeah, so who he's is Johnny who is the titular Johnny Tsunami, confusingly. I think he's probably based on the real life uh figure Duke Kahanamoku. I don't know Ooh. if you've heard of uh, no. Duke Kahanamoku. He was no. a This is news to me. He was a champion swimmer, like an Olympic swimming medalist uh, wow. for Hawaii, but who also uh, was one of the pioneers of surfing and did once rescue a bunch of people <gasps> who capsized in a boat with his surfboard. Oh, my gosh. 
Did so, he inspire uh, his grandson with wisdom? Uh, I don't know, but I went, to, <laughs> I went to a very nice restaurant in Malibu that was based around his life. So wow. he, ins- he inspired a restaurant. That's great. The only restaurant inspired by someone's life I've been to is Margaritaville. Yeah, well, he's a similarly iconic figure <laughs> as Jimmy Buffett is Duke Kahanamoku. It's clear that Johnny idolises his grandfather. Um, we sort of start out with uh, him and his, his little surf friends. Uh, they're going through a scrapbook of all of Johnny Tsunami's achievements, his many great things he's done, the rescuing of the of the drowning people, the fact yep. that he's the best surfer in Hawaii. But also he runs to the house to fetch something called the Tsunami Medallion. Oh, man. It's given to the person who best exemplifies what surfing is about. How is this measured? Because they do describe it in the, in the film, right? <laughs> is, is there an awarding body for the Tsunami Medallion? Because it's about, like, you've got to... Do you remember how, do you remember how yeah, they phrase it's, it? It's, so there are three elements yeah. that you need to exemplify All right. well, no, to I be want, awarded. I want the... to, 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 to tell me, Mandy, because I okay. want to win this medal one day. Right. I aspire to achieve this. What do okay. I need to do? You need to have respect for nature. Tick, done, easy. Okay. You need to have the courage to surf. I've surfed. Okay. And third element is just brotherhood. Oh. Um, it doesn't say, like, what, what elements of brotherhood. Do you need to be the best at brotherhood? Do you need to have a brother, a literal one? Well, okay. Well, I feel like I've got two of those ticked off. I once saved a sheep. Um, well, it depends how you define saved. <laughs> um, well, I once found a sheep in the road alive. Right. Okay. And um, uh, and it had got out. It was a small one, a lamb, if you will. And it had gotten <laughs> out of its um, sheep pen. Right. So field. what did you do? Fin- finish it off with the car jack? <laughs> it's, it was the humane thing to do. <laughs> and yeah, I was on my bike, and it was a country road, and I spent about fifty minutes basically trying to herd this sheep on my bike wow. until I eventually herded it back into uh, under a wire and back into its field. Of course, once it was in its field, it was then with the other captive sheep who will presumably eventually be trampled it to death (laughs) turned into you know wool or lamb meat what i'm hearing here luke is that you have respect for nature i have respect for nature and in a way was that not a show of brotherhood as well brotherhood between man and beast yeah exactly you forged those bonds okay tick tick and you say you've been surfing i've been surfing before tick all right you are the new recipient of the tsunami medallion luke i mean when you teased this episode last week and you said that this one featured your favorite uh, like character in all of DCOMs yeah. and it's not a main character it is of course the granddad I said it wasn't Johnny Tsunami and I was wrong because it is Johnny Tsunami oh, that yeah, is of course yeah. the film is called Johnny Tsunami but the main character who we're following the little boy character is Johnny Kapahala his grandfather is Johnny Tsunami yeah I mean I wish the film was following Johnny Tsunami because yeah, I mean a better movie for people who haven't watched the film describe yeah. Johnny oh, Tsunami to our listeners okay right so like Imagine the surfing attitude, that kind of like chill bra, hang ten, like attitude distilled down into physical form mm-hmm. and also into fashion. I'm talking like Hawaiian shirts that are just like blowing open in the sea breeze, right? I'm talking about long, beautiful hair that is tousled oh. and tangled with the salt water. So great. He's played by the actor Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who you might know from playing Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat film. What range? Uh, the 90s what Mortal Kombat range? film. I mean, this is the exact this is the exact opposite of an evil sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> he is the chillest, most laid back surfer dude yeah. you'll ever he is the walking embodiment of that hand symbol where you extend your little finger and your thumb yes and he has a an extremely distinctive laugh can we hear a few examples of it you gotta come back for this <laughs> oh no and the helipono 
so addictive to listen yeah. to and also like the way the big the film begins johnny idolizes his granddad johnny tsunami so much you think well there must be a twist here surely the granddad is not all he's cracked up to be but he totally is he's just the, the greatest guy in history he yeah. just delivers and delivers and delivers well, on the promise contrast johnny tsunami with johnny capahala's actual father oh, who God. is a little nerd <laughs> He's he's in he's in the family home working away on his computer. Tap 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 tap. And Johnny's in a big surfing competition. He's winning. He's cr- absolutely crushing it out there on the waves, or at least someone who is considerably older and with longer <gasps> hair is crushing it. Yes, I, I mean, <laughs> but, look, look. It's an extreme sports movie. There is a lot <laughs> of footage of people surfing and people doing snowboarding and skiing, and at, at no point are they ever children. <laughs> These films were meant to be viewed on a very small home television very standard definition 360p a definition so standard that you couldn't tell if it was man or boy (laughs) but it's just it's the wildest thing like all throughout the film johnny capahalo will be like well all right see you at the bottom and you know shuffle out three three feet and be blonde and (laughs) then cut to a grown-ass man (laughs) shredding his way down wearing the same jacket though yeah the illusion is complete but anyway he's at the surf competition he's winning he's doing brilliantly and johnny's johnny's mother is there johnny's grandfather is there yeah. They're a little too close, I would say, for people who are not romantically involved. <laughs> oh, all right. You try and resist the sexual magnetism <laughs> of Johnny Tsunami. I'm just, I'm just saying I'm pretty sure that the mum is having a secret relationship with Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm pretty sure Johnny Tsunami is Johnny Kapahala's father. <laughs> Actual real dad. His biological dad, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so his dad misses the big surfing festival. Why? Yeah. Because he's working away on his little computer, on his nerd stuff. We, we're shown a little bit of his work. He's sort of invented a kind of version of the internet that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> a version of the internet that you could look up how poor pro surfers are on to yeah. shame his son into getting a real yeah. job. I mean, the, the intergenerational conflict between uh, Johnny's dad. This film can be seen as a war for Johnny Capahala's soul. And oh, the, absolutely. The, and the antagonists are granddad johnny tsunami and the dad whose name i haven't even written down um we'll just call him dad um knock yeah and and the animosity is really really quite intense like the dad goes out of his way to not just dissuade johnny from surfing but to like try and limit the amount of contact hours he has with his (laughs) with his his granddad sick ass granddad (laughs) yeah uh you know he refers to the granddad as a as a beach bum yeah, as you've mentioned, he uses his internet computer to uh, show Johnny exactly how little pro surfers uh, can expect to earn. Yeah, in a kind of, do you want to end up like this? Do you want to end up like your granddad, earning this little money? I don't yeah. think so. But then he tells Johnny that he needs to get a job to support his. Fa- your, you need to get a job to support your family when they need you. Yes, says the guy who literally today wasn't there to support his son when he needed him <laughs> at the surfing competition. Yeah, that's a so, fair point. And then his mum turns up wearing a rash guard, you know, dressed all surfery. Yeah. I'm like, she is definitely into Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, she put that on to impress him. <laughs> and, and who wouldn't? There's, You know, I'm not not trying to throw any blame here. I mean, how can you resist the blazing hot? You can, As you cannot resist the power of the sun, so too the magnetism. <laughs> Maybe he is a sorcerer, a sort of sexual sorcerer. <laughs> this is... This is the sliding doors Shang Tsung who decided to put all his sorcery points into charisma. Um, okay, so 
in summation, uh, Johnny Capahala's life in Hawaii is is so good. I think you know, like we watched this, we watched all the decoms during lockdown, mm-hmm. and this was one of the ones we were watching, like right at the you know when lockdown was its most locked down, and you couldn't even yeah. go outside like to exercise. And I have to say, like I could almost breathe the ocean air watching this. Oh, it feels man. so good. There's there was like there's one shot of uh, Johnny tsunami like relaxing in a hammock on his porch overlooking oh. the ocean, and I was just like. Why do any of us not just live in Hawaii? In I know. And surf all day. We live garbage lives. Yeah. We, why do we do this? I'm not, I don't live somewhere hot, but I'm so hot. Yeah. I f- they figured out the best way to live. Yeah. And you can do it if you want. You can do it. You can just do it That's if you the want. Thing. You can just do it if you want. Oh, and I do want. So why don't he's I got do it, it? He's got it figured out. Anyway, I would say that the um, incredibly chill and good vibes of johnny kapahala's life in hawaii only serves to really really drive home what what an a-hole the dad is Mm. when he drops the bombshell that kind of sets the plot of the movie in motion well we have some news (laughs) we just got our first really major net study contract that's rad (laughs) yeah it'll be the um pilot program in a series of prep schools um so you have to go and set it up exactly so how long will you be gone? It's not just a matter of a quick trip. Uh, it's more like a move. Uh, a move back east. You're moving back east? Like where? Kauai? Back east, like the east coast of the United States. Um, New England. And not just me, uh, all of us. The scene where they deliver this bad news is absolutely immense from a parenting perspective. Because, <laughs> like... Johnny's on his way out the door. He's like, oh, I'm going to go meet my friends. And dad's like, no, you're not. <laughs> guess, yeah. guess what you're actually doing? Yeah. Moving to Vermont. Meanwhile, mum, in an absolute refusal to put a brave face on it or anything, is like running her hands through her hair in grief and like mm-hmm. looking at the floor. Yeah. It's like, what about a united front, mum? No one seems happy about it. Not no. even the, the dad, really. No. Why are they going to Vermont? It's because Vermont wants his bad internet. <laughs> Vermont wants the Hawaiian internet. He's gonna say he's gonna link up all the schools in Vermont to his intranet. Yeah, he's making a kind of proto Facebook that tells yeah. you how much surfers earn. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing he's, else. He's the only one with a cable long enough to connect all the computers. <laughs> so they're like, bring your really long cable to Vermont. But the dad is kind of happy about it because he's like, this is going to be a great way of limiting contact hours that my son has with his grandfather to in his defense i will say that johnny has a shirtless picture of his grandfather by his bed which is a bit weird <laughs> you think it's a little odd a little yeah don't let me forget to mention there's another weird framed photo in in this one anyway vermont is happening now yeah and it's snowy johnny's dying in his hawaiian shirt he's yeah. going into the early stages of hypothermia slipping away <laughs> starting which... to pull layers off because he thinks he's hot <laughs> Walking out into the blizzard. (laughs) Mum and dad, I'd have to go. I maybe sometime. (laughs) (laughs) And then they pull up to the new house. It's a total narc house for losers. (laughs) Johnny's dad is the worst. (laughs) Yeah, it's very beige, isn't it? Um, For some reason, this house comes equipped with a big poster of someone skiing <laughs> which i'm mean, fine um, luckily in his hand like it's johnny has a poster of someone <laughs> surfing it's the same size a2 poster <laughs> hasn't been rolled or anything it's for exactly just... this eventuality and you know the dad didn't put the skiing on there because as we find out the dad is opposed to all sports um yeah. 
uh, you know, no matter how extreme or rad. In fact, you know, the more extreme or rad, the more he hates them. And then, you know, Johnny's first instinct is to call his grandfather. But his dad is like, no, let's just look forward to what's in front of us. You'll find the phone lines have been cut, son. (laughs) Oh, your grandfather, he's quite poisoned by now. (laughs) I think... I think you'll find your grandfather is a little busy right now. Smash cut to him fighting a shark in the bay. <laughs> that's been trained to attack Johnny Tsunami. I ordered this shark on the internet. Not so useless now, is it, father? <laughs> but then, of course, Johnny Tsunami easily beats the shark because he's the world's greatest guy. Probably the shark just willingly stops fighting him and becomes his yeah. friend. Smash cut to him and the shark smoking weed on the beach. <laughs> so... Well, the set the the setup now is that Johnny is he's installed in this new house in Vermont, and his dad is working for a very prestigious uh, prep school yep. called Skyline Academy. They drive up together. Uh, the dad, Pete Capahala, practically climaxes when he sees he has his own parking space. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of kind of guy he is. <laughs> That's the kind of pos we're dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> This is a this film is a real uh, record breaker for bad dads. Oh um, wow, it's just wild, yeah. Yeah. So the 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 school Skyline Academy. It's Bullworth Academy from the game Bully, basically. Yeah, it's a fancy school for preppy kids. Everyone's into skiing for reasons that are not interrogated, which is fine. We also find out that there's another school in the area called Maple Valley, which is a Oh, state school. Public school. Yeah, and all of the kids who go to that school like snowboarding. Mm. And the film is basically setting up this very weird Romeo and Juliet uh, kind of dynamic. The way it's explained in the lore of the film yes, is that a man owned a mountain. Yep. But then the man died and yeah. his his family split the mountain down the middle. Stop. Us. Well, stop. <laughs> Have you ever been skiing, Andy, or snowboarding? No, I haven't. It's for narcs. Oh, okay. Um, well, <laughs> I have, because I'm a gigantic narc. And I can okay. tell you a few things about skiing. Fact number one, it's hella expensive. Mm. Uh, fact number two, the way that you do it is you buy a pass. This is the reason it's so expensive, is you have to like buy a pass, and that pass lets you go on the mountain, right? Right. Now, the people who sell these passes, they just want your money. They don't care what you get up to up there. Mm. You can be skiing. You can be snowboarding. You can just like you just you can just want an out of the way spot to do some weird stuff in the snow. They don't <laughs> mind. Okay? As long as you pay. As long as it. you pay. So the idea that anyone would tank their potential profit so hard by insisting that one half of their mountain is reserved for skiing and the other for snowboarding is wild i've been to i've been to ski resorts like out of season i've I've been to whistler in canada okay um out of season when there was no snow and it had all been converted into mountain biking tracks right so it's not like you can ski or snowboard but also just mountain bikers can come where do they fit into this system they're a third school that um (laughs) and they're like just waiting for summer (laughs) only pops up in the summer (laughs) they can all be found under underground in little burrows little little morlock people (laughs) until summer come out with their little bikes mountain biking (laughs) i mean you know such is the ruthless monetization of winter Mm. sports right so uh, it's a it's a bizarre thing to do to split the mountain this way yeah well so johnny is attending skyline academy yeah the people there they don't really know what to make of him because of his ostentatious hawaiian-ness yeah um one of the other um pupils sees johnny reading one of his surf magazines and there's actually an article about johnny in there 
where it says that he goes Richter at backdoor, which <laughs> I don't know what that means. I assume it's a cool surfing thing. But they're not impressed by his surfing credentials. No, they're not even impressed by his uh, surfing slang when he says that things are slamming or totally nectar. Yeah. Even though these things are cool. And Johnny yeah. is cool. And these bullies rock up hoping to intimidate Johnny. And he's not intimidated at all. No, Johnny Johnny Capahala rules. He's so cool. I would yeah. have sawed my own leg off to be friends with Johnny Capahala in school. He just He's just breezily reading a magazine. About, there's an article about him in this yeah. extreme sports magazine. And he's just like, oh, this old thing? Uh, you can read oh, it yeah, if you it's want. Just, it's just an article about how I went Richter a backdoor. Yeah, you, you, take it. You can give it back to me. Yeah. Surfing's pretty cool. You might learn something from it. And this bully is trying his hardest to bully him. <laughs> but is. all of the bullying just... He's unbullyable. He's unbullyable. The confidence and chill that Johnny Capahala exudes from every port. Like, maybe go try his dad. Yeah. His dad can be bullied. He's exuding the confidence of a young Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> he is, right? As, a, as an attempt to show dominance over Johnny... Kapahala. These yeah. these bullies, they invite him to go skiing with them. Mm. Johnny has never skied before, but you know, with the earned confidence <laughs> of Johnny Kapahala, he's like, How hard can it be? In fact, when when he's asked, Can you ski? he says yes, even though yeah. he cannot. Yeah, because he assumes he can because he's great at surfing. I mean, I think it's a fair assumption. He's not totally wrong. He's he's pretty good at skiing. Once he gets out on the snow, I guarantee he is a hundred times better than I would be. Uh, the well, yeah. first time I well, go skiing, if I also like, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm no expert skier or anything, but I've done it before. And when the bullies, you know, when he's flying down the hill, there's a bit where uh, Johnny Capahala shouts, "Whoa, whoa how, how do you stop? How do you break?" And then he immediately swivels expertly into a snowplow position, um, mm. where he sort of, you know, instinctually, makes an, you might instinctively, say. yeah, makes it makes an uh, makes an arrow shape out of his skis, which is uh, the way that any beginner skier is taught to slow down. Well, we should point out here that the reason he is going down this dangerous run without knowing how to stop is that the bullies attempt to murder him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They just shove him down. That would <laughs> shove him down the hill. Uh, it would be murder if he had died. Yeah. Any other it, kid would have died. Yeah. Luckily, he's a preternaturally gifted extreme sportsman. Yeah. Who is able to come to a, you know, slightly bumpy but ultimately safe stop in the ski shop where he set out from. I'll tell you something else about uh, Johnny Capahala and these bullies. So the bullies are friends with um, uh, a girl called Emily, who is the headmaster's daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Emily, by the way, is decom royalty because she is played by Kirsten Storms, who plays Xenon, girl of the 21st century. A very, very famous and iconic decom. decom. A seminal decom. So Xenon is in this, which is, you know, pretty cool in itself. Um, And, you know, she plays Emily. Emily loves Johnny right away. There's no arc to their romance. She swoons immediately. Because he's got the confidence of a young Johnny Tsunami. (laughs) Yeah, right. So how was she to resist? (laughs) And all of the love sorcery that goes along with that. But crucially, when they get to the top of the mountain, she's with the group, uh, her bindings come loose. And so she breaks away from uh, Brett, who is the bully and his kind of henchman. Uh, and therefore, she is not witness to the attempted murder. A little convenient, perhaps. I think she knew what they were going to do. Oh, you think? I think they talked so. about it. They plotted this. This was premeditated. Yeah, I think they said yeah. to each other, "When we get to the top, let's murder. Um, let's kill Johnny." <laughs> and Emily said, "Little rich for my blood. Uh, I'm going to look the other way on this one. Yeah. I won't do what you want. I'm not a part of it. I won't try to stop you, but uh, keep my name off it. I'm going to, yeah. you know, so, uh, so, oh, oh, I'll, I'll say something's up with my bindings or whatever. So, you know, I think later when Emily, you know, 
skis down yeah. the mountain. She's fully expecting to find the crunched the mangled, up frozen pony for Johnny Cafahala with a yeah. ski through his chest or something. I was watching this bit with um, subtitles on and the subtitles for this whole uh, section are just screaming and screaming continues. <laughs> but anyway, this uh, this is a, you know, a low point for Johnny. He's been he's been bullied hard. Yeah, uh, he goes home. Of course, his first instinct is to call his grandfather, who is catching his own dinner in the ocean like a legend. So he misses the call. I mean, also Johnny. Just uh, if this was me, if this had happened to me, firstly, as we've discussed, I would be medically dead. <laughs> However, also if it was me and I got home, I would have run to my mum. I would be in tears, and I would have yeah. like tear- tearfully described what had happened, or I would have run upstairs. I would have never spoken to anyone again. It would have been the end of my life. Yeah. Johnny he breezes in he's like Phew. oh yeah i went skiing um yeah. yeah i just fell over once but <laughs> i made it count yeah tweaked the old back a little <laughs> yeah oh and his um, parents are like damn he's cool except yeah. the dad who's like what you went skiing you tried to make friends i'm livid yeah well this is the reason why johnny has framed pictures of his grandpa and mum, but no framed picture of his dad yeah on his desk because they're so. they are actually his family <laughs> But yeah, then he goes into he goes into school the next day, and his wild, untamed spirit can't be tamed by these narcs. He swapped his narc shirt for a Hawaiian shirt that he's wearing with his uniform. Oh yeah, but, uh, he's got his uniform at this point, yeah. hasn't he? So it's even you know his humiliation at the hands of the bullies hasn't dulled his spirit at all. Nothing, nothing dulls his spirit. No, he's immense. But he's uh, he's getting the bus home mm. the next uh, the next day. And he bumps into some students from uh, from Maple Valley, and this is when we uh, we get a we get a glimpse at the other side of the divide. Oh, so you go to Scotland? Maple Valley. It's the public school. My name's Sam. Johnny Capahola. So uh, you any good on that thing? <laughs> well, I have been known to get a little hair. <laughs> <laughs> is it hard to learn? It's a lot easier than skiing. Think you could teach me how? I guess they didn't tell you the rules. What rules? Academy kids ski. Public school is bored. It's been that way since <laughs> snowboards were invented. <laughs> well, this is me. Good luck, Sky. Keep your tips up. They seem so much more down to earth than the jerks at uh, at Skyline. And how does that manifest? When they go up that mountain, they don't put on your square skis. Oh, too rigid. Yeah. Whoa, I may as well put on a suit and ski into the yeah. corporate office. No thanks. <laughs> I'll put on a single thing. Yeah, I'll snap I'll snap a single board to my feet. Yeah. In the noble art of snowboarding. The noble art of snowboarding. The film definitely goes out of its way to portray skiing as uh, you know, a, a, an elitist sport for jerks and snowboarding as the the winter sport of the people. Yeah, yeah. Even Which, though they are equally expensive. Equally expensive, prohibitively expensive. <laughs> it's so down the middle like no one from Skyline snowboards. It's like no. illegal no. for them to snowboard. It's illegal for Maple Valley students to ski. If they're seen on the other side of the island... They're shot. They go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, they're, sh- they're shot and killed, <laughs> and their body is left there as a warning to the others. We late, Later in the film, we see a, um, you know, a kind of mountain rescue person on a, on a, a skidoo, yeah. uh, you know, rocking up on some Maple Valley kids who are on the wrong side of the mountain. And he basically says to them, like, I think you kids should run along back to your side of the mountain. 
So it's enforced. Yeah, I mean, it's enforced it, it, by the by mountain patrol. Exactly, and I mean, you don't see it, but uh, I think it's implied that he's you know reaching for a rifle slung, <laughs> slung on the back of that skidoo. This kind of uh, like love across the divide uh, theme starts to come more into force because this is on on the buses where Johnny meets Sam. Right. Yes. Sam yeah. is a, a Maple Valley kid who loves snowboarding. He's one of the urchins. And, and, you know, Johnny being new, um, or thinking that these rules, uh, correctly thinking that these stupid, rigid rules are, are totally bogus, uh, basically persuades Sam to teach him to snowboard. Sam feels a kinship with Johnny because he's a, uh, he's a military brat. His dad's in the, uh, in the army or the air force. Um, One of some them, branch of I don't the, know, some Navy branch or something. Of the military. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they move around a lot. Um, Sam is always being shuffled from school to school, from place to place, always cold places for some reason. But uh, he knows what it's like to be the new kid. So he sort of takes Johnny under his wing. And Johnny, in kind, has a real kinship with the urchins because, you know, they're laid back. They yeah. would be calling each other bra if they knew to do that. <laughs> well, so, Johnny yeah, teaches them. Yeah, they're Johnny's people. But yeah, they understand, you know, living for, the, living for that adrenaline rush. Life on the edge. Yeah, Johnny takes up snowboarding. And it, he's, you know, he's not initially good at it for about 40, 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly he's uh, stomping the gnar and things of that nature. We do see him performing some absolutely ludicrous... Well, we do see a grown man wearing his jacket performing some absolutely ludicrous snowboarding stunts very, <laughs> very soon after he starts learning the craft. Also, the urchins are soundtracked by Scarpunk, thus. Which is how you know they're the goodies. That's how you know they're the good guys. So, Johnny, initially he sucks real bad, but he's improving. Yeah. Sam Sam even teaches him the secret urchin handshake. Uh, but then, who should see him with his board but the bullies? And they are furious. Of course they are. He's trampling their, um, you know, their time on a tradition. Skies don't snowboard. Yeah. Can you imagine if, what, what would happen? What, it would be chaos. Dogs would be eating each other. Yeah, the, the mountain would literally split in two. The problem is, as well, it's, it's less of an equitable situation than it sounds, the mountain being divided down the middle, because all the good runs are on the north side, which belongs to the skies. Yeah. So the, the urchins, they, they want to be able to um, carve that sweet powder, <laughs> but they're not allowed. You have to wonder why this has been allowed to happen, because we see it affecting like these groups of school kids. But surely those school kids are at a steady rate graduating. Are there like 40-year-old snowboarders who are like well i guess that side of the mountain isn't for me yeah. <laughs> i have a We're job like, and a family and i'm just pretty good at snowboarding I've as my hobby to this vermont ski resort but apparently the local school <laughs> yes yeah. what if you what if you're a snowboarder who's visited from somewhere else <laughs> can i oh these runs look these runs look pretty dope ah actually yeah. those are for children who go to this one school and only this they only ski and only they can go on these ones oh hey everyone i'm celebrity snowboarder sean white can <laughs> I, can I carve up this mountain? Sean! Get the hell to the other side of the mountain! This thing's loaded! Sean, I swear to God, if you don't have a pair of skis on your feet in five seconds. <laughs> it's very odd and not sustainable at all. Um, and they're losing so much money. <laughs> but it's the principle of the thing. These urchins are all... Dirtying up the mountain with their snowboards. Yeah, with their bad snowboards, I guess. Yeah. Luke, have you noticed throughout this film that uh, Johnny Tsunami Senior spends a lot of it shirtless? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tear your eyes away. Do you think that is because uh, he enjoys the freedom 
of, of being shirtless? Or do you think it's that he just can't find great t-shirts based on the video games that he loves? I, I think that's very likely. And also we have to remember that he's very dismissive of his son's internet business. So he probably hasn't gone on his son's bad internet. <laughs> where he would be able to access great websites like www.insertcoinclothing.com who are sponsoring this episode of Mom Can't Cook. Insert Coin Clothing makes uh, t-shirts and other clothing about the video games that you love. Games such as Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, uh, Hotline Miami, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil, Yakuza, loads of stuff. All the stuff that you love. And they've given us a special code that will give you 15% off your next order. So if you enter the code with great powder, P-O-W-D-E-R, it's a, uh, it's a snow pun. One word. You, you get it. It's a snow pun. You get it. Yeah. Uh, you get 15% off uh, your order. Not applicable on charity items, bundles, gift cards, postage, and some products at launch. Codes can't be combined with other deals or promotions, and that is valid until the end of 2022. We think you should put on a cool video game shirt, and that is the only regard in which we advise you to deviate from the life teachings of Johnny Tsunami. So it's it's come to the attention of the school that Johnny has been snowboarding <gasps> the ultimate crime. Is this where we meet the headmaster? Oh, we've met the headmaster already, but he is yeah he's involved. He's involved. Old he- President Logan from Twenty Four. Yeah, played by Gregory Itzin. This was one of those things when we were watching it where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it's this guy. This you this know guy, this guy. You know. And I frantically googled this, expecting him to be from many many famous things. You know, like, it just had that kind of face. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. is he, like, in Twin Peaks or something? Like, uh, I'm sure he I've seen... He does have a very Twin Peaks face, actually. He, yeah, he does. And I don't yeah. know what I mean by that, but I do know it's right. And, yeah, it's uh, he's, he's basically known for playing President Charles Logan from 24. <laughs> and when I excitedly divulged this information, <laughs> no one else was... Huh. We paused the film for this, did we? Okay. <laughs> oh, have you know, from season three onwards, he was a pretty key force in the presidency of 24. Sure, so. I mean... You know, we could we could just watch a few episodes now so that it makes it's in context if you like. I can put them on. So uh, Redmaster Pritchard is Emily's dad. Yeah. And on his desk he has a photo of his daughter, which is fine, but it's facing outwards on the desk. <laughs> so he, he can't see it when he sits down. But it's just it's just I guess a show of force to anyone who comes into his office. Or I guess just hey. a brag that he has a daughter. <laughs> I don't. Know. That's right, everyone. I did it. <laughs> Look at it. I've done it once. The <laughs> there it is. I've done it once, and the the proof walks these halls. <laughs> Emily, Emily, don't, come here. Don't, don't believe me. <laughs> Let me get on the PA. <laughs> Emily, please come to the office. Uh, I would like. <laughs> To prove to people that you exist. Thank you. Bing bong. Emily, if you could just speak into the mic. There you go. Real close. Yeah. Not too close or you'll make it pop. Um, and if you could just tell everyone that you're my daughter. So I did it once. At least you're once. You're my, sorry, biological daughter. Yeah. Yes. Say biological. Yeah. Say it to the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he has this outward facing <laughs> photo of Emily. Uh, but yeah, it really yeah. made me laugh. Speaking of Emily, she Ooh. does. Um, she is mad at johnny for snowboarding but also a little intrigued by it oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. well as we because he's, she, he's a dangerous bad boy now she then, so she then she then shows up to a snowboarding lesson incognito 
wearing a kind of like ninja <laughs> approximation uh-huh. of a snowboarding outfit so that the skies don't recognize the terrible transgression that she's committing yeah and she does maybe 15 minutes of uh snowboarding she's sort of getting the hang of it and then for some reason immediately snowboards off a cliff <laughs> She really has to go out of her way. (laughs) She snowboards off a cliff, presumably on purpose. Um, And Sam, who I do feel sorry for because Sam is just trying to to get what pleasure he can from his life as an urchin on the bad side of the mountain, but now seems to be trapped teaching an almost endless string of rich children (laughs) who want to, you know, do a little bit of class tourism, basically. Copy uh, his weird hat. Yeah, copy his weird hat and see what it's like snowboarding. So Sam, um, you know, instinctively and heroically also jumps off the mountain <laughs> ending up in a, in a in a situation that's difficult to describe because it's highly unrealistic but they're sort of both hanging off the same bit of rock but luckily johnny is, is you know is entrusted with the task of snowboarding down this is a big deal because he has to he has to snowboard all the way down the mountain and not die to fetch the ski patrol yeah so he does snowboard down the mountain but also takes the time to do some kind of sick indie nose bones and like, <laughs> it makes you go faster yeah, right, okay. They're, they're speed nose bones. Yeah. Also, as he does <laughs> this... a Christ air. <laughs> also, you know, as he does this, he catches the attention of the urchins, of course, who, who you know, who their radar is pinging because, like, whoa, who's stomping the gnar? Yeah, uh, he's stomping this gnar old school. He's, he's stomping it in a business-like <laughs> old school fashion. Um, so they're, you know, super impressed. Immediately, he's won over all of the urchins who weren't persuaded. Yeah. Who saw him first and foremost as a sky. Yeah, but the problem is, now that Emily has been in endangered by the sport of snowboarding yeah tensions between the skies and the urchins have never been higher yeah. it's, a, it's an all-time high exactly it, it's about to escalate into blind ugly violence yeah and of course johnny's narc dad is furious yeah i mean he's just furious all the time i think he thought that they were going to move to vermont and johnny's personality would change to be bad and he would <laughs> yeah, like, like him you know yeah and he would you know knuckle down and i I don't know why it's such a surprise to the dad that Johnny is like is is making friends and taking to the local extreme sports because that is exactly his personality. Yeah. I guess he thought that it was entirely his granddad's influence that was making him have friends and have fun <laughs> and be cool and be cool. Yeah. Uh, we also I mean Emily also breaks contact with him. Uh yeah. in, in, in you know uh, echoes of Sam from 13th year here. Yeah. Uh, in that she is kind of nominally a romantic interest for johnny but in fact she is you know fairly unfriendly and quite unlikable and just sort of shows up at the end being his friend again yeah um and actually again echoes of 13th year the real emotional heart of this film i think is the friendship between johnny and sam oh absolutely yeah um, that's the re- that's the the core relationship here i think i mean there's stuff about the dads and there's you know emily as well but i think at the heart of it the real Romeo Juliet divide here is between these two friends yeah. from the the other sides of the tracks. Well, there's well, there's one more inciting incident where um, Johnny and Sam they're going on a sky raid. They're going to go and snowboard the skiing side of the mountain because there's got the new powder. The fattest runs are on that on that. Uh, They've had enough. They've side. had they're enough. Car- this, they're going to carve it up. These raw. Ridiculous rules. But then they get spotted by Brett and his crew, and an actual fist fight does break out between Johnny and Brett. Johnny is called into the headmaster's office and he's like, this whole damn system is stupid. 
the whole time system is stupid johnny is correct <laughs> the headmaster's like i think you'll find actually this having rich children ski and yeah. poor children snowboard has served us exceptionally well in ways yeah. i don't feel i need to elaborate on but it's a great great system the note i have here is johnny everyone should have the same opportunities headmaster no <laughs> <laughs> The headmaster flushes a deep shade of red. (laughs) Think about what you're saying, Johnny. Meanwhile, the dad is kind of groveling on the floor, wriggling around like the worm he is. Johnny's dad doesn't believe him that he didn't start the fight because he's a narc. Yeah. I think, you know, um, at Disneyland around like Halloween, they have like the villains parade and stuff for all like Cruella and uh, Captain Hook parade down Main Street. They should add Johnny Capahala's dad to the Disney villains parade. Yeah, and he should be sat behind a beige CRT computer. (laughs) He's on a little wheelie table (laughs) down Main Street working on his working on his Pentium computer. (laughs) Disney's greatest villain, Johnny Capahala's dad. Yeah. Speaking of disappointing dads though, we discover that Sam's dad, who Who we thought was cool, cool. He seemed nice. He took him to the movies. He took him to the movies. He's, you know, got a uniform. Yeah. That's pretty neat. <laughs> but Sam's dad, who promised him they would be staying in the same place for a long time so he could make friends and settle down, yeah. has now got a promotion and is moving them to Iceland. That, like, the next day. Answer me this, Andy. What kind of promotion do you get in the US Army at, when you're at that level already that sees you mm. going to Iceland? Yeah, it does seem like a step back. I think he's been demoted or possibly court-martialed and doesn't have the guts to tell his son. son. He punched his commanding officer. (laughs) Now he's being sent to Iceland. He's being sent to Iceland, yeah. Does the US have a large... Hang on. US military presence in Iceland. Okay, the last US forces left Iceland in 2006. Okay, so that's after this film came out. Yeah, yeah. So that's... So, fine. There you go. Um... But yeah, there is a real theme of kind of disappointing, thoughtless dads. There is, this, yeah. In this movie. Including, to a degree, Grandpa Johnny Tsunami. Because, you know, we do the find out that there the is... hell are you talking about? <laughs> you okay. take that back about my dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're Johnny right. Johnny Tsunami. The thing is that, like, you kind of would assume, right, watching the movie, that, like, all of the animosity between Johnny's dad and Grandpa Johnny Tsunami is mm. you know on behalf of the of the, of the dad you know from the son however there is a point later where johnny tsunami says something to his son that's like what what's done is done between us and i think it just speaks to a much more significant feud i think again the only conclusion he... you can draw is that he, he slept with he slept with his <laughs> wife and johnny is the Ka- real father and he is the biological father of johnny kapahala <laughs> like that genuinely would explain the um, the level of animosity between yeah, father and actually, son here. That does really explain the entire movie. He he's furious with his own father, F- mm-hmm. like livid, and and there there is a coldness as well coming from Johnny Tsunami. He, like the tone is, you know what? Our relationship is never going to be repaired. We will always yeah. hate each other, but we can at least do the right thing by Johnny. And it's like what did this what happened what happened in your backstory perhaps there was a period where uh johnny tsunami um became an evil sorcerer he fought (laughs) in the in the outworld combat tournament he was always taking people's souls and stuff maybe maybe his son was you know had a sort of first girlfriend or something and johnny tsunami performed a a fatality (laughs) did these the soul sucking fatality left her a shriveled husk in a rash moment sucked her soul out (laughs) Maybe maybe Johnny Tsunami used to be 
the powerful sorcerer, but only later in life retired from that evil way of life and became a chill surfer. So the dad is like, what the hell? You can pretend to be a chill surfer all you like, but I know the real you. I know you are the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung. Yeah. I've seen I've seen you swallowing souls <laughs> and transforming into Sub-Zero and doing all his moves. But yeah, so Sam is off to Iceland. Um, yeah. And... This, uh, I think that Johnny's dad is really says sad. it's probably for the best. Oh, I think John. you should stay away from the urchins. And I'm like, you... Johnny's dad, you also moved here like days ago. Why are you so invested in this Skies versus Urchins BS? <laughs> Dad's like walking around with a Skies t-shirt being like, boo, urchins, let's go on a raid. Let's you yeah. know, let's go fight them. I mean, this comment from Johnny's dad is, is really the last straw for Johnny. This is the point where he's like, f*** this. Yeah. I am I'm done. I've got a plan. I would say their plan is the cutest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in any film. It okay. makes my heart feel warm. They run away if- together to Hawaii. It basically just smash cuts to them in Hawaii, right? And it's like, wow, yeah. how the hell did they get there? And yeah. then the film explains away in a single line how they got there, which is, Andy, how did they do it? They infiltrated a military base. They snuck on board a U.S. military plane bound for Hawaii. Yes. They concealed themselves. How long does it take to fly from Vermont to... I'm going to look this up. I can tell um, you this, Andy. It's long enough to freeze to death in the hold. <laughs> it's long enough to suffocate because I don't think they, I don't think they pressurize it. Flight time from Burlington, Vermont to Hawaii is 10 hours, 23 minutes. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to do another search. How long to freeze to death? <laughs> Hypothermia can develop in as little as five minutes. <laughs> okay. How much? So, <laughs> what should really be happening is some the frozen corpses of, of Johnny <laughs> frozen, and Sam. The frozen solid corpses of Sam and Johnny come rattling, bouncing out onto the tarmac in Hawaii. Oh my! God. It's a mil. It's not like it's a commercial flight either. It's a military. Yeah, transport. And I should say as well, if you if you haven't seen the film or you have no plans to, we don't see any of this. It's smash. It again. It's smash cuts to they're just in Hawaii, and then the dad's on the phone being like, "How did they get there?" And it's explained. Oh, they snuck aboard a, a military plane and went to Hawaii. Full mm. stop. I have no further questions. They made it to um, Johnny Tsunami's beach from wherever they landed in Hawaii somehow on their own with no money. Are you familiar with Operation Christmas Drop? I've seen the movie, the Hallmark original movie. Right. Operation yes. Christmas okay. Drop. Yes. So, Wait. Yes. Did we watch? Did we watch that together? Yes. We. Yes. We did. Okay. And it's a thing where U.S. military planes uh, distribute Christmas gifts in Micronesia, um, mm-hmm. and it basically involves like big crates being pushed out the back of an open plane, like with parachutes on parachutes on yeah. parachutes. Right. I can only assume that that's basically how they would have got out of the plane. They would have been pushed out the back in a crate full of in a crate full of. I don't know. Supplies. What what supplies is Vermont shipping to? <laughs> to like maple syrup or <laughs> maybe snow? Hang on. Um, principal exports of Vermont. Yeah. Let me just. The f- first autocomplete is principal exports of Vermont to Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Maybe this is based on my search history <laughs> about Johnny's tsunami. <laughs> Vermont's main export is computer and electronic products. Okay, hang, hang on, hang on a minute. Let's take another tack. Hawaii main imports from US. The top imports of Hawaii were petroleum oils, oils from Bit- 
bituminous materials, <laughs> petroleum spirit for motor vehicles, medium-sized cars. Oh. So you know, so that's how they drove. They got, they got pushed out in a car in a and car. Drove the car to the beach. Yeah, like Fast and the Furious. Yeah. <laughs> they were like ramped ramped a military <laughs> jeep out the back of this thing. <laughs> Man, I wish they'd shown this sequence. <laughs> well, it would have been underwhelming because it would have clearly been two grown men inside the car. <laughs> the, the point is, yeah. right, we're getting, we're getting bogged down can we in ass- the fact that these two children... <laughs> can we assume that the rest of the film are the dying thoughts of Johnny and Sam as they freeze to death in the hold? There, why is there a point in every decom where we assume the rest of the film is <laughs> yeah, the, the, dying, dying the dying thoughts, thoughts of the main of character? The main character. <laughs> Um, so the, the point is that Johnny and Sam are now in Hawaii yeah. in the custody of Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, and custody is right because he, he's not. With- I mean, I don't think I don't think I'm out of line to say that Johnny Tsunami has kidnapped these children. <laughs> well, look, okay, fair enough. He's Johnny's granddad, possibly his biological father. <laughs> And he oh, has, you know, and he has basically run away to him. I think Johnny Tsunami is within his rights to say, "Look, son," because he talks to his dad. He talks to the, Johnny's parents on the phone, and is like, "Look, I don't want, I don't want to send him straight home. I want to give him a few days to cool off. I want to try and work my kind of, uh, you know, wisdom, my island so, wisdom." I, on the, the, island, the thing, the thing he says is, if, he, if you send them back against their will, they're just going to do it again. They need to they're come just to get the it off straight back on another military plane, break into the Pentagon, and steal an F sixteen, <laughs> fly it straight to Hawaii. <laughs> It's <laughs> still in a stealth bomber. <laughs> so, like, I think fair enough. However, the, the fly in the ointment here is that with them is Sam, who has nothing to do with his family. <laughs> and Sam's dad, about to be redeployed to Iceland, is frantic in the, you know, in the Kapahala household in Vermont. Johnny's dad has to turn around, get off the phone and say, hi, so we don't know each other very well. Your son is with my father in Hawaii. He's never met him before, and he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't want him to leave. <laughs> he will not let him. Leave he he says. He says he's not going to send him back uh, until he's ready. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I'm calling really the police. Specify what that meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I. You know, he's in the army. He could probably get in a plane, go there himself. Yeah, and then he's like, um, oh, "Can I can I talk to the children? Just you know, make sure they're okay." Absolutely and he's like, not. Absolutely not. They're asleep, and I won't wake. Them. Yeah, let them rest. Can I have proof of life? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's out of the question. How can I give you proof of life when I've killed them? <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. They so they're in Hawaii. They're you know. Sam has never been so warm. Uh, he's having a great time. Johnny's having a great time. And he's spending time with his grandfather. And because his grandfather rules, yeah. he is able to talk to Johnny on his level and get him to get him to go back to Vermont in a way that makes sense to him. And he tells him he's, it's like surfing, you know. Johnny, you can ride waves as good as anyone on these islands. But sometimes the waves we encounter in life, they don't look like waves. Damn. You know, you've got to deal with your obstacles. And Johnny Tsunami is like, look, Johnny, I'm not perfect. Sure, idolize me. I'm great. And I'm basically perfect. But you need to find your own dreams. Get your own stuff. Get your own thing. Surfing's mine. So I'm the best at surfing. (laughs) You know, everything in Vermont is hard. But just because things are hard, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. I, I genuinely think that his sometimes they don't look like waves. Um, like speech is is good. It might it be. Is. It. I think it might be the first 
genuinely good line of, of any the, decom that we've covered. It's the best bit of writing in any decom we've encountered so far. Yeah, definitely for sure. Johnny moved by this incredible speech yeah. from Johnny Tsunami. And who wouldn't? He's like, like I have to go back to Vermont. Yeah, and Johnny Tsunami is like, and I'm coming with you. And I was like, yes, yes, hell yeah. Oh man, it's so gratifying turns up at the airport like the dad is there to pick him up the mum is all over him of course yeah obviously we get a bit of a father-son confrontation with johnny capahala's dad and johnny tsunami and he's he's like uh you know it's like when you wanted to quit surfing you little nerd you know yeah. as much as i wanted to force you back in the waters to be rad like me i realized that you sucked so bad <laughs> i realized that you were a lost cause <laughs> and so i let you you know play with your computers or whatever yeah yeah johnny takes him snowboarding and he's immediately amazing he's ready to catch the big wave east coast style the scar punk is going nuts johnny tsunami is doing indie nose bones and 1080s right off the bat instead of shattering his hip as he probably should (laughs) not just good at snowboarding but so good at diffusing bully situations because while they're out there on the mountain basically shredding it so righteous so nectar they do encounter again brett and brett's cronies and we have another confrontation but this time johnny has experienced some personal growth he's Mm -hmm. there with his grandfather and he will not allow the injustices of the past to continue no and and his grandfather is is willing to make it interesting gambling style oh he's willing to sweeten the pot so johnny suggests a race a race from the cornice to the bottom of the mountain johnny versus brett if johnny wins they share the mountain if brett wins the urchins stay off that side forever and brett is like why should i agree to this that's the situation we currently have yeah but to sweeten the pot Mm. johnny senior puts up the tsunami medallion that he is apparently wearing yeah all the time. Reason. At this point, I imagine the governing body that hands out this medal, I, I assume annually, is raising its hand back in Hawaii going, uh, um, we need that back. You can't give yeah. that to Brett. He, I mean, yes, we've awarded it to you for the last 40 years in a row, but, you know, we're not mean it's yours. We're not sure that Brett uh, embodies the, the, <laughs> the spirit of surfing. <laughs> we're not sure that this horrible Vermont boy... <laughs> who's never surfed as he's far never as demonstrated know. respect for nature certainly not brotherhood and i mean as far as we know he's never surfed he is the current embodiment of the spirit of surfing i mean you know like if he wins the medal fair and square we have to accept yeah. he's the world's greatest surfer but uh, so the the race is set it's it's due to take place uh, we get some reconciliation between johnny and his dad he realizes that he's been too hard you know, you, you get the idea that his heart was in the right place. He just wants his son to have stability and a good life in the future. Yeah. But that's not what Johnny wants for himself. And you can't change you can't change that about someone as rad as Johnny Capahar. I suppose a charitable reading uh, of the dad would, would be that although he is a, a terrible narc and awful nerd, in his own way, he was just as rebellious as, you know, everyone else in the family. It's just yeah. that what he was rebelling against was something really good <laughs> and genuinely really chill and cool. And cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so the most rebellious thing he could do was to be install intranets in prep schools. <laughs> That's the punkest thing he could do in his situation. But yeah, he he uh, he apologizes to Johnny. Uh, their relationship is softening. Yep. Johnny's uh, Johnny's dad walks into the lounge to find Johnny Tsunami and his wife hurriedly putting, <laughs> hurriedly putting their on. clothes back on. I imagine Johnny Tsunami not hurriedly, leisurely. <laughs> In a leisurely, just pulling pulling his Hawaiian shirt back on. 
Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Johnny's going to have a little brother or sister. <laughs> it's time for the uh, it's time for the race. It's the big day. Sam Sam is there. Sam is excited about the race, and he's excited because he gets to stay another day. His dad has delayed them leaving for one day so that he can watch the race, and that is the end of Sam's story. Sam still goes to Iceland. Yeah. Sam gets really hard done by. Sorry about Sam it. does not. Sam does not get resolution. Well, Sam as we've is... looked up, um, the U.S. military does leave Iceland in 2006. So a mere okay. seven years later. Seven years later, Sam can expect um, at the age of 20. <laughs> at the age of 20 <laughs> he will finally leave. At this point, he presumably mostly speaks Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may know him as one of the members of Sigurros. <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, unfortunately, that is the end of, of Sam's arc. We hear nothing more. Um, but we do get the distracting spectacle of the race. The note that I have about the race is how wild it is that the entire town comes out to witness this beef race between <laughs> two teens. Well, we've established that the feud between the two schools is the all-consuming political issue of the town yeah the governing principle of the whole district yeah i wish that i could get somehow notified about rumbles between two local teens so Mm. that i could be one of those adults who just you know comes out to you know just see something go down yeah oh there's a patch of wasteland uh, near your house and two kids on bmx's uh having a BMX yeah they're gonna race. have a stunt off or something there should be yeah. an app for this or something so hell yeah oh you know there's a there's a bouldering uh school and you know they're having a, a bit of a beef with the free climbers yeah. they're gonna have a race it's all going down at you know yeah this, i don't know climbing school in lambeth or something <laughs> so, you know, let's all get down there yeah there's two schools one of them's really into beyblades um <laughs> and the other's into <laughs> Some rip-off baby. This, this, have a big fight. This this big time Yu-Gi-Oh kid <laughs> has, has recently, recently moved to, to a new school where they all do Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and they're about to throw down to find out. Oh my god, I would so be there. This should be an app. Child feuds. Yep. But take out some of the vowels. There's your app. Um <laughs> So, so yeah. Yeah, the note I have about this race is usually in these sports decoms, if they have like a sort of final confrontation at the end, yeah. there'll be like some shenanigans in it. There'll be some sort of peril. Some extra obstacle. To it that's, yeah, that seems insurmountable, but somehow they get over it and they come back and they just clinch the win. Yeah. In this, there's a bit of like shoving. Brett pushes him around a bit. Yeah. But Johnny does just basically easily be here. Well, maybe don't challenge Johnny Capahala to anything. Because <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's going to win effortlessly and then be a great sportsman about it and come and help yeah. you up. This is actually unusual as well for a decom. He extends the hand of friendship to the bully in the final moments and Brett does not accept it. You no. know, he's like, get, he get stamps, away from me. Stamps off. You know, sta- staggers yeah. off to die on the mountain, I assume. Well, that is why he is not worthy of the tsunami medallion. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Johnny is. He's Presented with the tsunami medallion by his grandfather, the governing body back in Hawaii <laughs> throws up their arms in exasperation. <laughs> and then it's everyone is back to the uh, Kapahala house for uh, a big Hawaiian party. They've got a whole roast pig. Yep. They've got a luau that's going on. He has healed the mountain. He has healed the class divide. Uh, he's healed the relationship he's healed between relationship. father and son. Yeah, Emily is there. Yeah, she she is. They have a bit of a dance. Found out that Johnny tried to take the blame for the mm-hmm. cliff driving off incident. Yep, and uh, they're having a they're having a lovely dance. It looks like um, things are going well for them. Peace finally reigns yeah. on the mountain. I mean, the the way you describe that list of events, it, it sounded like there's a butt coming, but there really isn't. The film just does resolve in a 
yeah in a in a normal and good way i think johnny tsunami is a really good decom it's it's great it's a re- it's a really tight movie uh little johnny kapahala is fantastic in the role so charismatic yeah uh everyone is great incredible characters in the granddad and i would say in the dad you know like he's a villain but he's a great character you know like he's a great villain you 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 love to watch him nerd around being a little nerd exactly um i i mean I, yeah i think it's really really good uh and i mean yeah that's not funny but it's true <laughs> <laughs> There is a sequel to Johnny Tsunami. Yes. Called Johnny Capahala Back on Board, which is based around the wedding of Johnny Tsunami Senior. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, obviously, we will cover that eventually, but I do want to slightly tease it by saying that it features Johnny Tsunami Senior uh, opening a small business and basically becoming <laughs> incredibly sensible overnight in a way that Johnny Capahala's dad must have spent his whole childhood wishing he would do. <laughs> yeah. He did. Because the woman he's marrying has got a 12-year-old child yeah. and he wants to be a really good dad. I want to be a great... I've decided that I want to be a really good dad. And he, <laughs> to this one. And he effortlessly does it when he wants to. <laughs> so I guess he really just did it. I didn't want to do it for you because you suck so bad. <laughs> oh, God, oh, that's so, so good. All right, a little bit of any other business before we wrap up. Thanks again, everyone who's been uh, messaging the show. I want to highlight this message from Neil and joseph that says hello Mm. gentlemen after watching smart house my son and i joked about how it could have been made into a horror film with just a few tweaks to the script the following day the movie trailer for the upcoming 2022 film marco came across our youtube feed (laughs) i will now play you some of the trailer to horror film marco i kind of wanted to save the surprise but whatever i'll tell you guys now it's a smart house so i'll send you guys a link Okay, let's do this! Andrew Collins, you go by Drew, right? Welcome home. I've been designed and programmed to cater to your every need. So, she's like the house, or what? Most people just call me Margo. I've never seen AI this advanced. What the hell did you do to them? I can't wait to show you what else I have in mind. Yeah, Neil and Joseph, you're absolutely right. It is. That's exactly. They've even got the Doctor Octopus tentacles. Yeah, there's even a kind of floor absorber at analog in this kind of 3D printing thing that's going on. We're not the only ones to notice this, by the way. If I looked through the comments of um, the trailer for Margot, and like 90% of them are from Smart House fans, <laughs> spell spell that. Uh, oh, M A R G A U X. Margot. Margot. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Margot is kind of the name of the AI, I think. What was wrong with Pat? Yeah. Personal applied technology. It's perfect. <laughs> Margot, mangling and... Um, <laughs> and robot. Robot. Agony. <laughs> mangling and robot gonna... Mangling and robot gonna agonise up... Gonna agonise you. <laughs> gonna agonise you extreme. <laughs> It actually came out on the 9th of September, so you can you can oh. go watch it now if you want. On it's available yeah. on digital and on demand. There's no word of a theatrical release, but um, why are we promoting? <laughs> I don't, why are we promoting Marco? I don't know. Don't watch Marco. Watch don't Smart watch House. Marco. Watch Smart House a second time. Yeah. Thanks very much, everyone, uh, for listening. Don't forget to give this podcast a five star review on iTunes or anywhere else you can find stars to click on. Spotify. You can rate on Spotify. You can, yeah. Or you can write us a nice review. We read all of them. We love to see them if you want to check out uh, our merch store you can go to mom can't cook 
store.com great there's some great stuff there there's there's stickers there's posters kick butt video screens uh, uh t-shirts that's all available at momcantcookstore.com check it out um get some kick butt video screen stuff for your laptop for your body for wherever you want to put it and uh also we need to let you know what film we're watching next time <gasps> of course oh my god it's a real good one well this is gonna this is basically going to be the episode that goes out before we're in full Halloween mode, right? Yes. So we're going to switch into Halloween mode for October. Yeah. But uh, before we do that, we are going to do another pillar. I would call this a pillar of decom. Pillar is absolutely right. We're going to watch Xenon, yes. Girl of the 21st Century. So I'm going to read you the description from Disney+. Plus. Yes, please. It's 2049 and teen Xenon happily lives on an orbiting space station. When her curiosity gets her into trouble, she's sent to Earth for punishment and needs to learn how to fit in. But when she discovers an evil plot to destroy her space station home, it's up to Xenon and her friends to thwart the villain's plans. It's absolutely incredible sci-fi. What a world they build. There are three Xenon films, so you are entering into a rich fictional universe. A rich trilogy of films. <laughs> uh, and Xenon, the main character, is played by the actress who played Emily in yeah. uh, Johnny Tsunami. Exactly. So, so yeah. some continuity there as well. Have a great time with Xenon if you're going to watch it. But for now, I guess all that remains to be said is keep your tips up, folks. Catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>